This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. From the corporate office to the cab of a truck, they're here to inspire and empower women in all professions. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy DeCaro. We're a show that works to inspire and empower women in every profession and lifestyle, including the office, trucking, the trades, and even motherhood. We power women on the road to success. We tackle all kinds of topics and we work to encourage women to be their very best with informative guests and women who've been champions. I'm Shelley. And I'm Kathy. No topic is taboo on our rig. We tackle the tough topics along with the not-so-tough topics. And we like to feature experts and celebrities who can assist women in being the very best they can be. So many of us have defied the odds and succeeded in spite of what we thought was our lot in life. Angela Duncan is a champion for women, and she's done this as well. She was raised in Section 8 housing on welfare and worked at a very young age. She faced a lot of odds that were not in her favor, but she wanted more in her life and didn't stop. Now with over 25 years of personal finance study, Angela inspires hope for women through financial literacy. That's something that's so needed. According to census.gov, roughly 50% of women over 55 have no personal retirement savings compared to 47% of men. Women caregivers younger than 50 have 30% less retirement, according to Forbes magazine. Angela is working to change that, like she has in her life. After receiving her degree in finance from California State University San Marcos, she went into banking, financial advising, and then owned a top 10 Remax office for five straight years with over $2 billion in sales. She also established and sold an insurance agency. Angela achieved success beyond her wildest dreams and never forgot her roots. She's committed to paying it forward and closing the poverty gap by empowering women to change their financial future. She's the host of the Empower Her Money podcast. She's a best-selling author and Dave Ramsey certified coach. She believes that no matter where a person starts in life, they have the power to shape their own destiny. Angela's with us today to talk about how women can take control of their financial futures and achieve generational wealth. Welcome, Angela. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Shelley and Kathy. I'm excited to be here. We're super excited. And, you know, I want to commend you for what you're doing. You really are a true champion for others. Women especially are so in need of learning how to take control of their financial future. And it seems like basic budgeting and saving and investing can be so daunting. Before we get into all of that, I'd like to talk a little bit about what got you motivated at such an early age. You're offering so much hope for women. Yeah. So I grew up in, um, in poverty and my stepfather abused me and we moved around a ton. So when I first started on this journey, it was really to run away from being in poverty. I knew that if I had more money, then I wouldn't be living in section eight housing. I wouldn't have to not go clothes shopping as a kid and get teased. We would have plenty of food in the house. So it really was a pursuit to find money and run away from poverty. And so that's kind of how my journey started. And you were wise in the direction you took. Was there somebody who influenced you to go in the direction you did? 
No, no one in my family had gone to college at that point. I just decided that I was going to move out of the house at 18. That was not a healthy situation for me to live in. And I wanted to get my college degree and learn more about money and finance. Um, so there wasn't anyone that was in my life that was personally influencing me. However, I am a Christian woman. So I do believe that God was by my side and he was the one who was guiding me because he had bigger plans for me. So like when you were reading that bio, it's just incredible that I have had the opportunity to live this incredible life and that I'm now in a place where I really choose to help other women and to teach other women about money because I've learned so much during my journey. Oh, it's an amazing journey. Everything you've accomplished. I mean, there are a lot of men out there who haven't done what you've done. Yeah. I really admire how forward thinking you've been. And knowing the direction to go, did everything just kind of fall in place? I mean, I'm sure it took a lot of hard work as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was on the five-year college plan. I had to work two, three jobs at times just to be able to pay rent because I moved out at such a young age and no one really taught me what to do with money. And so I was just trying to find whatever job I could to get me through school. And then I was fortunate enough to start a job at a bank, at Bank of America. And they had this financial advisor division. And then there were these two powerhouse women that I would just watch walk into a room. They were so confident. They were well-spoken and they did very well. And so I just kind of gravitated towards them. And, and as women, you know, oftentimes we're very helpful with other people, but we're afraid to ask for help. So I was not in that mindset. I was in the mindset where these women have something, they look happy and confident. I want to be more like them. So I'm going to ask them questions like, what are you doing? What is working for you? And I think what I learned from them is how to serve, how to take care of clients from your heart. And as, as women, we're typically not great salespersons because we do lead with our heart often as our male counterparts will lead with their brains. And it's more logical for them when they talk about sales, but they wanted to teach me that if you take care of your clients, if you serve your clients, if you do what's best for your clients, then the sales will come and the money will flow from that because you're being of a service to the people that are around you and helping them instead of selling them a product that you're just required to do at your job. So it was really a different approach that I learned very early on from them. And I'm very grateful that they were in my life, but also, you know, it's up to us. We have to take action. We have to be able to ask the right questions to the right people and surround yourself with people who are doing things that inspire you so that you can turn around and inspire other people as well. I love this. You had wonderful mentors. And I don't think a lot of people think of banking with a heart. And what your approach is, is so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think I've just carried that same spirit throughout. So I left the banking world because I, I wanted to learn more about money and teach more about money, but I didn't like the lack of control. I think that comes from my childhood, not being able to control my environment. So as an adult, I feel like I have to control um, so I left the financial advising world. Um, I met my ex-husband. He was a real estate agent at the time. And so he needed help. And I thought, okay, well, you know, I can become a real estate agent. No problem at all. But that was in 2007. We live in Florida and we went through the housing bubble. And so I learned very quickly 
how to take that service attitude and be able to create more sales, one from those that were needing to sell their home because they were upside down and needed to go through what we call the short sale process. Again, it's serving the client. And then also those that wanted to build a real estate portfolio through investing because housing was so cheap to buy during that time. Mm -hmm. Again, approaching it from the servitude heart of how can I help you grow your wealth and really look at the numbers instead of still, they're not a transaction, they're not a sale, but it's a family, it's a person, they have goals and how can I help you? And that attitude also, you saw not only a need in how you could serve, but you also were able to see opportunity. Right. Looking through the lens from a different perspective, mm -hmm. it does really help you. And that's something I think people don't always have. They feel kind of stuck and they end up having very myopic thinking, which limits them. And it's certainly when people are looking at finances, you know, they're thinking about budgeting and saving money and then investing. All of this seems so confusing. You hear all of these financial terms. People are, I think, a little afraid, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. If you don't have the desire to want to learn more about money, it's scary. And it starts early on in our childhood. You know, I can remember some of my clients or one of the activities I love to do with them is to write down what were the first things you were taught about money. And it's usually, you know, money doesn't grow on trees or you don't need that or we can't afford that. And you carry that on into your child, into your adulthood. But really, you need to change that mindset around it and, you know, be accepting that you deserve more, that you can earn more and that you can do more for your family and that you can create abundance in your life. And that money's not a bad thing. It's actually just a tool, just like your car, just like the laptop or the microphone that I'm speaking in right now. If you see it in a different light as more of a tool, and it makes it less scary. And so now how do we use that tool to reach your goals? How do we use that tool to create financial freedom? What does that mean to you? What does that feel like to you? Can we envision it? And then just thinking about it as a tool in a toolbox that you're going to use just like anything else in your life and helping you get out of that scared mindset and that confused mindset and just taking small steps so that you can learn more and use this tool to help you better your life. Makes I got to say, thank you very much for that, just saying that, because for me, growing up, ex extreme poverty, and there, when you say what were you taught about money, uh, nothing, absolutely nothing. There was no money. We were always in the hole, always um, basically, we, you know, scrambling, uh, scrambling and scrounging for food and clothing and, and whatever. Like our couch was three, three mattresses piled one on top of the other. Our toaster, I remember as a teenager, for at least a couple of years was a, a wire hanger folded on, on top of the burner. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so when it came to money, um, there was none. And um, it was, to, it followed me that like you talk about that fear. I have spent a good portion of my life, actually most of my life, living paycheck to paycheck. And it, it wasn't about trying to budget or plan. It's just, okay, I only have this much and this is going here and there. And then, oops, there, it, it's all gone. And then there's nothing, right? Then you, you go hungry for a week or whatnot. And you're right. It, it is a fear. And even though like today, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm doing okay, but I'm the main caregiver for a few people. And so I'm the main breadwinner. I'm, I'm the one that's in control and I'm doing this and this. I got 10,000 things on the go. I still have the inability to, to 
create a different mindset. So I'm going to use that tool and change my thinking as of today and view it from a different perspective because my life is changing. It's growing to a new, uh, a, a, a new level, you could say. And so I don't want to bring my old vibrations, my old ways of thinking into my new level. Right. So I'm going to thank you very much for that. I'm going to use that personally. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Angela, it really is so helpful because people do get stuck. They go from yeah. the paycheck to paycheck in debt mindset. And all the ads are out there. Hey, get this credit card. Do this, do that. I mean, people end up upside down so quickly. Mm -hmm. Trying to get out of that mindset, thinking logically about money, using it as a tool. What are some of the beginning steps that people can take? Yeah. So the first thing we talk about is gratitude. If you think about 90% of this world lives in poverty. If you have the ability to run water in your house, if you have a roof over your head, if you have a credit card that you can get gas in, have gratitude. Think about that first. And so when you change your mindset and become more, you know, have that gratitude mindset, and saying thank you. And it's it's funny because I did a video recently about this and one of my mentors challenged me to do this, but I was at the gas station getting gas. Now I have a card, I have a credit card and I can afford to get gas and I can get to a gas station. So I'm at the gas station doing the video for her and I'm saying things like, thank you gas station for being here and available for me to get gas. Thank you car for running. I'm appreciative to have a car that can get me from one place to another. You know, I took a bus to school as a kid. So having a car is a huge deal for me. You know, having a credit card that I know I can pay off at the end of the month because I'm getting gas right now. So when we start with gratitude and we're filling our hearts with that, that hope feeling and that gratitude feeling, then you approach money from a different mindset. So it's just little things like that that can help you control what's coming into your mind and what you're feeling about money in general. And when you come from that gratitude and then you start to tell yourself that I am grateful, I have abundance, I accept abundance, I deserve abundance, and then working towards that. So first is, is your attitude. Second is investing in yourself just like we're on this podcast right now, it's free information. Go out there and get it. Figure out what do I want to learn more about? Maybe I want to start a side business. What does that look like to you? Go get information that's already available. It's out there. It's free, but you have to do the action. You have to do the action when it comes to mindset. You have to do the action when it comes to investing in your own education. Give yourself permission and grace to make mistakes, but start taking action so that you can start moving towards a different lifestyle, a different mindset, moving towards abundance instead of away from it because you're scared of what you were taught as a child. It's really, it's a shift, but you have to actually have movement in order to make that shift. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Dean Michael, the tax doctor here. I have one question for you. Do you want to stop worrying about the IRS? If the answer is yes, then look no further. I've been around for years. I've helped countless people across the country and my success rate speaks for itself. So now you know where to find good, honest help with your tax problems. What are you waiting for? If you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS or haven't filed in years, call me now at 888-557-4020 or go to mytaxhelpmd.com for a free consultation and get your life back. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. 
our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of and join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you're enjoying this informative episode of Women Road Warriors, I wanted to mention Kathy and I explore all kinds of topics that will power you on the road to success. We feature a lot of expert interviews. Plus, we feature celebrities and women who've been trailblazers. Please check out our podcast at womenroadwarriors.com and click on our episodes page. We're also available wherever you listen to podcasts on all the major podcast channels like Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Amazon Music, Audible, you name it. Check us out and bookmark our podcast. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, YouTube, and other sites. And tell others about us. We want to help as many women as possible. Knowing what to do with money so you can have more money than month and a secure financial future is not something most people are taught. Women are often afraid to ask for help with these questions. Angela Duncan is a financial powerhouse and advisor. She's on a mission to teach women how to manage their money so they have generational wealth. She's the host of the Empower Her Money podcast. Angela understands the challenges, too. She's seen lean times. She grew up in Section 8 housing, only to become a highly successful woman in finance, banking, insurance, and real estate. Angela looks at the lens through a different perspective. She makes financial planning less daunting, and she makes money less scary. Angela says people need to change their mindsets about money and be accepting that they deserve more and that they can create abundance in their lives. Money's not a bad thing. It's just a tool. If you think of it that way, it's less scary. It's a matter of how we use that tool to create financial freedom. Starting with gratitude and accepting abundance and working toward it by investing in yourself are two steps to begin the journey. Take actions to move toward abundance instead of away from it. Angela, making that mindset shift is empowering. It really does give us control. And that's a really good thing because, let's face it, when we see the economy all over the place, people feel really out of control. They go buy their groceries and they're like, how much are these bananas? How much is this? Mm -hmm. You know, and people just, I think, want to go hide in a corner. Uh, they they feel so desperate. And it really, today with a lot of the inflationary pricing and everything, I think people almost want to give up because they don't know how to take that control back. And they don't necessarily understand how they can better their financial situation. Plus, if they do accomplish something, there is this guilt that the guilting message, oh, you've got a lot of money. You must be rich. Mm. Uh, for some reason, we're being told that's not good either, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it comes, you know, you've got to change the way that you you view those things. And mm -hmm. as person who talks about budgeting, turn the cable off. Stop paying for that. That negative news of stuff that you can't control coming into your life, you have to filter it out. If you want to have more positive information coming in, then you pick what comes into your brain every day. When you tell yourself that you want to be positive or that you want to invest or learn more, then your brain starts to look for that information 
And so we want to stop giving it an outlet where that negativity is. Now, you know, I don't want to be completely oblivious to what's going on in the world. So there are ways that you can go get information. I mean, YouTube, I can go search out news channels to get information, but I control when it comes in. I control how much I see. And now by turning off cable or Netflix or any of those other stations, you're adding money back to your bottom line, which can go further to your goals that you want to accomplish instead of watching information that's not really useful for you. What's the that's first a good way of looking at it? I'm it sorry. really is. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I totally agree. What are some of the first ways? Obviously, when people are really in desperate straits, they don't know where to start. Trying to save money is not an option. They have quit to drinking, decide. Quit drinking Starbucks. $5 yeah, coffee, yeah. $6 coffees. Oh, oh, yeah. When you think about it, all of that really does add up fast food. All of it really cuts into our income. It does. And the first thing, when people are pretty far in debt, the, the scariest thing for them to do is open their credit card and their bank statement. So I challenge them to go online, print it out, and spend an hour and just block. No no phones, nobody around you if you don't want them to see what's going on in your bank accounts. And take a few highlighters. Now, if you can, I like red, yellow, and green. Red for me means stop. So you are going to highlight any expense on there that needs to go. And so many times people open their credit card statement and they've, they've have subscriptions or apps or things that they're not even using that they forgot about that's being charged to them. So I have them print out three months of statements and let's use that red highlighter and we're going to go through and figure out what can you cut out immediately. Then when the yellow highlighter, these are things that you think you really need right now, but maybe soon in the future, we're going to cut those out. And then green are going to be your necessities. You need to pay rent. You know, if you have to drive um, to your job, if there's another cheaper means of transportation, um, things like food, utilities, insurance, those are your must-haves. But outside of the basic necessities, cut everything out for like 30 days, 90 days, a year, and see, do you really need that in your life? And oftentimes what we find out is when we cut things out, then we didn't really need them. We wanted them and they were a nice convenience, but once we didn't have them anymore, we don't go back to spending money on those things. Now, Kathy, you mentioned the Starbucks thing. Here in um, the US, we have a couple of apps where you can buy credit cards. It, it brings like buyers and sellers of, not credit cards, of gift cards together. And so if I really wanna have Starbucks and that's something I wanna have in my life, I can go buy a gift card for 10% off in this app and still have my Starbucks without depleting myself or feeling like I really have to take it away, but I can find a cheaper way to buy that same item. So looking for ways to save money and also cutting out expenses is just going to help you get to your goals so much quicker. That's a good idea. What about some of those gas apps? Uh, certainly when fuel costs are up, you want to save where you can. Is that yeah. another way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I still use the app GetUpside. I am a multi-millionaire yeah. and I still look for ways to save money. So, you know, I like the Upside app because it helps me determine where in my area the gas is going to be cheapest, even if you don't want to use it for the cashback option. Um, I can travel 10 miles and pay a dollar more per gallon if I don't look at the app. Again, it's just helping me use the same thing that I'm going to go, go and get, which is gas. And finding a cheaper way to do that so that I can have money to do other things. You know, years ago, people did a lot of coupon clipping. 
you can still do that. Uh, would you say that that's another way to maybe take control of your finances in terms of budgeting for food every month? Yeah, there. But do it online. Hopefully, okay. you can have access to a printer and just use black black ink. Don't do the color; it's more expensive. Um, because newspapers nowadays are a little bit more expensive, so you may not have access to the daily newspaper. But there's tons of places that you can go online and sign up for coupons, and you can search. So if you make your grocery list, you know that you're going to buy certain things. Search for that specific coupon. And then print that out so that you can use it on your shopping trip. And it may only take you an extra five minutes for, you know, searching for a couple of coupons online, but you could save hundreds of dollars every year. So as people start doing this, should they start setting aside some money so that they have a rainy day fund and that kind of thing? I do recommend having a security fund. Yes, it's about depending on the person. If you're a W-2, meaning you get a steady paycheck, it's three months. If you're more of a a commission plus salary, we do six months on um, for that type of family. But also know that this is for your emergencies and you will use it. So give yourself permission to use it. If you put money away and your car breaks down and you need to access that money. That's fine. Use it. That's the purpose of having that emergency fund to be able to fund things for you so you don't dip back into your credit card and then you just work on replenishing it. So a lot of times people put money away for that rainy day, but they're scared to use it. But that's the whole purpose of it is for you to use it and to have it available so that when you do have an issue that you need to spend money on, then it's there for you and you kind of feel more relief and it just furthers your mindset about positivity towards money. And it's a tool that is set aside for you to use for future reference, but you're still going to replenish it so that it's going to be there for you for whenever you need it. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. One of the first steps to financial freedom and regaining control is to eliminate what you don't need. Get rid of excess cable and internet subscriptions. Keep an eye on your budget. Print out your bank account and three months of credit card statements. Highlight any expense that needs to go. Designate the ones that can be eliminated immediately. Highlight the necessities in green. Cut everything out you don't need for 30, 90 days, or a year. If you want to reward yourself, find a cheaper way to purchase an item. Use a gas app to purchase fuel. Work to have at least three months of funds set aside for an emergency if you're a W-2 employee, and six months if you're commission-based or self-employed. Be positive and learn more about investing. Get rid of that negativity when you think about money to keep from feeling helpless. We can control our financial destiny. Angela Duncan is a financial advisor, author, and host of the Empower Her Money podcast. She's been giving us great tips. She helps women learn how to be proactive with their money to be successful. 
You know, Angela, it does seem like a lot of people are drowning in debt today, especially with credit cards. It really holds people back. I mean, credit cards are a huge bite out of the budget. And then when you look at the interest rates, it's like, holy cow, how is this not loan sharking? Um, you know? God, you crack me up. <laughs> yeah, so, and it- and in this environment, you know, interest rates went up. So what does that uh, mean? Credit card rates also went up as well. So if you open your statement and notice that you're paying more in interest, it's because that interest rate went up. And there's an amazing website that I love to show people. It's called usdebtclock.org and it's real time numbers. So I'm pulling it up right now just so I can give you an idea. Um, for example, if we're going to look at the national debt, right? The real numbers are here. And if we look at credit card debt here in the US, it is over $1.3 trillion and it's going up like hundreds of hundreds of dollars every month. Wow. So if you and if you look at like student loan debt in the US is $1.7 trillion. And that number goes up constantly. So like this is real time numbers. So one, you're giving yourself, you know, a little bit of grace saying, okay, well, I'm not the only one that's in debt, but really, do you want to be part of this statistic? No, let's get you into the other side that doesn't have any debt. So you believe in paying off all, all debt. Is that correct? For 90% of people? Yes. Because if you don't know how to use debt wisely, then get out of debt, especially credit card debt student loans and car loans. Get out of debt there first. Um, your primary home, if you have, if you live in it and you have a low interest rate, then that's something that I recommend you keep because then you can go put your money to work and you can earn more versus the interest rate you have. But if you're not great at controlling your credit cards or your expenses, then yeah, get out of debt until you can truly use, learn how to use debt wisely, investing in real estate and some other avenues, then just keep it simple. I've heard of the cash system because it's painful when you use cash. Do you agree with that? Uh, instead of using that credit card, actually physically have that money when you're paying for something so you know when it's going going too fast. Yeah. Um, I did teach Dave Ramsey for many years. He believes in the envelope system with cash. COVID kind of put a little um, deterrent in that because people stopped accepting cash, even though legally it's the only form that you're required to accept in the U.S. as a business. Um, but I can see how people were worried about spreading germs and things. And that's a political thing I'm not going to get into. But um, leaving cash out of your pocket is definitely a psychological thing. Mm -hmm. But also putting notes maybe in your wallet, in your purse and reminding yourself, you know, do you really need this? Do I really need this? Is this helping me towards my goals? So that Perhaps if you don't want to carry the cash, you're at least putting notes in your face where you're going to pull out that credit card and remind yourself that you have a bigger goal in mind. So do you really need to purchase what you're about to do right now with that credit card? Or can you wait? Or is there another way? Can you borrow it? Does someone else you know, have an avenue where you can rent it from them? It'll just have you pause for a moment and think about, do I really need this before you spend the money? Impulse buying is something that we're all tempted to do certainly when you're in a store it's like oh i want that and i have had to teach myself going eh, shelly do you really need this no you don't walk around the store if you really have to have it okay but it's hard not to do spontaneous shopping that's why so many people have buyer's remorse because they don't do that 
Oh, for sure. And even online now, you know, you go to Amazon and you purchase what you think you need. So I'm avoiding the stores, not having that impulse buying. So I go to check out and it's like, oh, well, what about this too? Have you thought about this? You looked at this recently. So it doesn't matter where we're shopping anymore. That impulse buying is everywhere. Even if I'm watching YouTube videos, things are constantly popping up to remind me that I, I either looked at it or maybe have you thought about this? We're having a sale here. Even a sale is spending money. Do you really need it? So once you start doing this and you're able to save, what are some of the next steps? Obviously, ideally, you want to pay down your debt or pay it completely off. Then you want to get into what? Uh, planning for financial future. And in where would be the best place to start in that? Next step is your retirement. You okay. can get a loan for a house. You can get a loan for a car to go to college. Your kids can get loans for colleges. But unless you want to live with them, you need to be retirement planning because there is no loan for you to retire. So retirement planning is the most important step when you're thinking about investing. And if we can get out of credit card debt first, great, because if you're paying 30% interest on a credit card and only earning 8% on your retirement account, you're not getting ahead at all. So once we get out of credit card debt or the personal loan debt, then we're going to look at retirement planning, hiring a professional. If you don't know stock market, if you don't know how to invest in mutual funds, um, there's retirement accounts for that are age-based. If you don't want to have a, a financial advisor to teach you how to invest properly, but it really depends on your age and how you feel about how aggressive you want to be. Was what is your risk tolerance when it comes to investing? But the retirement account is definitely the first thing that you're going to want to look at when you're investing. I think people can be very fearful on some of that, especially when they see the economy going up and down or the stock market being a bit rocky. How do they find their comfort zone and how do they find a financial investor that they really can trust? Should it be commission-based or should it be somebody that's on a fee base? Um, I'm more of picking the jockey than the fees that you're going to pay. One, okay. you ask around. Look to see who else in your world is um, financially intelligent. And what I mean by that is they're not necessarily going to be the ones with the fanciest houses and cars. When you have a conversation with them, you can tell that they're, they're, you know, intelligently investing and ask them, like, who do you use for your financial advisor? Or what are you doing? And then the recommendations from that is where you're going to start your interview process and let the financial advisor know, I am interviewing you for my financial advisor role, just like you would if you had a company and you're hiring employees. Tell me, you know, what are your, when it comes to investing, how do you approach it? What do you, what makes you stand out from the other people? And then ask them some personal stuff too, because you want their um, belief system to align with yours so that you feel comfortable. If they're super aggressive from the start and you're not an aggressive person, then that's probably not a right fit for you. And so they're going to go through a risk tolerance, ask you some questions, figure out what your timeline is. How much money do you have? How much money can you save? What does your future goals look like? And they should be able to map out a plan for you. Now, I'm more of the mindset of picking the person that most align with your belief systems over what kind of fees that they charge, as long as the returns are there for me. And you can switch at any time. You don't have to stay with the same financial advisor. So if things are not working out, you don't see your portfolio moving, and perhaps you've had many discussions with them and it's just not a fit for you anymore, then switch. And that's okay too. So invest for the long term, would you say, versus the short term? And 
find the right financial advisor. I like the fact that you're saying you're interviewing them. Uh, a lot of times it doesn't feel like that when you, you sit down with the people. So you feel like you're in control educating yourself. Is there a place maybe online where people can learn more about the different types of investing so they can understand the financial terminologies and all of that? Yeah, I am a I love podcasts. I listen to tons. Um I don't listen to music much anymore even though I love country music. I am more of a podcast whenever I'm in the car, whenever I'm going for my walks or working out, I listen to podcasts. Um so some recommendations I can give you um for financial information is Candy Valentino. Again, podcaster free platform for most of us and she's also on YouTube. She's got a website. I like Farnoosh. She's incredible. Nicole Lappin is the money girl. Um, a lot of what they teach is broken down and easy to understand steps. Um, I think Nicole's tagline, she says, you don't need a financial dictionary to listen to my podcast because she wants to empower other people and help teach other people about money. But when you start to use big words and they're already scared about money, you lose them completely yep. and it defeats the whole purpose of what you're trying to do. Um, so podcast information, I think, is just is a great avenue. Goes back to investing in yourself. Like take the time, take the action, go seek out the information, and find a right fit for you. But don't be afraid to pull the trigger either, because you can sit in the invest in myself and educate myself for years, and then you're losing opportunities to be able to invest. The other thing I'll say too is when you get to you know certain levels, and it's going to be different for everyone. Once you've done your retirement planning and you're out of debt, and you kind of want to have some fun with your investing, if you have a hobby, allow yourself to take a small portion, maybe 5% of what you're investing money, and put it towards your hobby. Maybe you're an expert at wine, and you want to collect you know, expensive wine bottles that are going to sit and, and they'll add value. Maybe you know a lot about art. Maybe you know a lot about cars, like giving yourself permission and grace to also invest in some fun things so that you'll hopefully do more of it and do more savings so that you can invest. And then it just becomes more fun for you. And now you're an investor in different avenues, which helps with your risk as well. But you can have some fun with it and teach other people about investing in some of those fun hobbies too. So you need to reward yourself along the way. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it makes sense. I mean, it's no fun to just constantly save, 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 save. And you, you, you don't want to live like a miser. Uh, you want to have a little bit of fun in life because that's part of life. Definitely. But put it in your budget. I love shoes. You know, I am a big, I, I just love having, I think this probably comes back from my childhood too. I didn't have clothes as a kid. So I have a small line item in my budget that is where I can allow myself and not feel bad to buy shoes because I love to have shoes. It's not an investment. It's not going to increase in value. It's, you know, flushing money down the toilet. I get it but I feel good when I wear them. And so that's okay for me. And that fits in my budget and it's going to be different for each person. But if there's something that they really enjoy doing and it spends money and it doesn't earn money, just make sure it's part of your budget. It's not overwhelming to what you're spending in cost to other things that you should be doing in your life. But yes, you, tomorrow's not promised. We don't know if we're going to be here. So at least enjoy some of the, the fun things in your life without going too overboard and keeping it in your budget. Sure. Well, if you don't do some of that, then you get discouraged about saving. And I could see where it'd be self-defeating. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up.
Kathy DeCaro is nothing short of amazing. She not only drives the world's biggest truck as a heavy equipment operator in Northern Alberta, Canada. She's an international motivational speaker and the author of Dream Big, an autobiography about overcoming a lifetime of trauma and abuse that led to dreams of success. Kathy inspires people the world over to change their lives and improve their self-worth. Her book will change your life. She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com. Industry Movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry, our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of and join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. usdebtclock.org is a really good place to see how much debt is out there. These are real-time numbers. It's a way to give yourself a reality check to convince yourself not to be one of those statistics. Angela Duncan says you want to be debt-free as a goal. This is true for 90% of people. Credit card debt, student loans, and car loans should be the first to go. If you can't control your credit cards or expenses, get out of debt. Work to pay off your mortgage. If you have a low-interest mortgage, keep it, but redirect your extra funds to earn more than the mortgage rate you have. Leave notes to yourself asking if you really need an item when you pull out that credit card or cash. Pause for a moment and think about your needs before your wants. After you clear your debt, the next big step is to pay for your retirement. If you don't know how to do that, hire a professional. Determine your risk tolerance and future goals when it comes to investing. Get referrals before you hire a financial advisor. Interview financial advisors before you hire them. Make sure the person is a fit for you. And get educated on investing when you can with people like Angela Duncan and the Empower Her Money podcast. And don't forget to reward yourself along the way. It's okay to treat yourself with something you want to buy, but make sure it's factored into your budget and you can afford it. Angela, you really emphasize planning for retirement, which is super important. A lot of people just don't know where to start. I think this is where a lot of people get confused because they don't know what the future is going to hold in terms of inflation and everything else. How much should they set aside so that they can maintain the same level of living that they have before they retire? Yeah, this is where your financial advisor comes into play because we have so many apps and applications and calculators where we can say, how much money do you think that you'll want to live on? And if it's the same amount of money that you're doing today, which is going to be very likely because people think that they're going to spend less in retirement. But if you're not working, you have more free time, which means you have more time to spend money on stuff to do. So keeping that in mind and thinking about, you know, we can't control taxes. We can't control the stock market. This is like the one thing in life where we look backwards in order to predict the future, which is seems odd. But if you look at historical returns over a long period of time, you know, say it's 8% return on a conservative portfolio. 
and you want today's money. So now we can back it into a formula to help you determine how much do you need to save today and every month in order to hit that goal. But don't be discouraged either that if you're not going to hit it based on today, now how do we create more income or reduce our expenses so that we do have more money to put towards that retirement goal? So it's really just all of these incredible programs that we have available today that we didn't have, you know, 20 years ago and for me personally, I don't even think about social security. That's not something that's coming into play. If it's here, great. It's an added bonus. If it's not, then I didn't plan for it anyways. So I want to be in the most control possible when I'm doing my investing, which is looking at what I can do, how much income I can create, and what the future is going to look like based on my own risk tolerance. Makes sense. So a diversified portfolio, would you also recommend maybe some tax-free investments like tax-free munis, municipal bonds, that sort of thing? Depends on where you live. I'm in the beautiful sunshine uh, state of Florida. We don't have state income tax, so none of those help me because most of those are tax-free at the state level and not at the federal level. So that type of investment does not help me. I'm looking more for, um, I'm less risk. I don't like to take a lot of risk. So I look for conservative investments and things that are going to be long-term. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also not looking necessarily for dividend paying because I can create income right now. Um, but I'm also about half into real estate. Real estate for me is not going away. There's no more land that's getting, going to be created. Um, and so I'm very strategic in my real estate investing. For example, storage units is, is a kind of a big thing. People buy so much stuff that they need a storage unit when they move. So until our society shifts their way of spending, storage units for me are a good investment. Um, I'm not investing in student housing because I think that there will be, I think we'll see a shift in the way in which people get information and education. We saw it during COVID. People didn't have to go to a classroom. They can actually learn from their home. And so the use for student housing, I'm I'm not sure how that future looks. I think some of the big schools will continue to grow, but some of the smaller schools that perhaps don't have the same curriculum or teachers or advertising budget or um, sports teams might retract a little bit and the number of units that they need for student housing. So I'm I'm very bearish on that. Um, but apartments, I think this younger generation, the uh, dream of owning your own home isn't necessarily their dream anymore. They want more of the freedom to be able to travel, to live where they want, to have um, more amenities and less space and hopefully less stuff. But um, so I look at apartment complexes as well. So I'm kind of just, you know, you're looking at trends to help predict the future, which we don't really know what will happen, but I can make an educated guess when I'm informed and I've taken the time to invest in that education. So real estate investing for me is a big part of my portfolio as well. Where would somebody do that? Is, is that considered a real estate investment trust um, where you would uh, basically buy a share of something and then that would be part of your portfolio? Yeah, there's several different ways. If you don't want to do the research yourself and find the um, investment properties yourself, then a real estate investment trust is a way for you to put money into um, a fund where someone else is doing the research and finding the properties for you. So again, just making sure that whatever you're investing in, um, one, you don't need that money back because it could be 10, 20, 30 years, depending on the investment. 
Um, and two, that it, it aligns with how you're also thinking as well. So if you're not a, a aggressive person, then you want to make sure that you're you're aligning with funds that are not aggressive. There's also syndications, which are a little bit smaller and they're run by, you know, non fund people. So I look at that quite a bit. Um, there are investment clubs that you can join to learn more information. A lot of them are pay to join. Um, so keeping that in mind for your budget as well. Mm -hmm. But again, all that information, you know, like Grant Cardone teaches real estate. He's, he's on YouTube. He's on Instagram. It's all free information. It's just finding the information that you want to seek out in this moment so that you can reach your goals quicker. So with those types of investments, what would be the rate of return? I would imagine it can vary, but obviously we're seeing real estate going through the roof in terms of pricing right now. Yes, but so is insurance and taxes. So yeah. for example, I mentioned Grant Cardone. He does um, syndications where people can you know, essentially give his fund money and he, real, he invests it. So I was on a watch to call with him and he did, um, I think it was like Fund 21 where they bought an office building in Arizona and he pays 5% dividend, which is taxed differently than a stock dividend, which is a whole other subject, but he's paying you 5% on your money. So if you invested a hundred thousand, you know, you're getting $500 a month and you get all of the benefits of owning real estate, which is depreciation and then the asset actually going up in value. Right. So that's, you know, you can put your money in a, in a savings account and get 5%, but you're fully taxed on that. So it's different than putting it in real estate. It's a whole different right. tax structure. And our, our IRS code, you know, is incentivizing us to put money in real estate, but you can also lose every single penny you put in as well. And that's happened to me personally. So just making sure you're aligning with the right people and that, that they're fully educated and experts in their fields. It's so important to do your homework. And play detective and make sure the person you're talking to has your best interest at heart and the proper knowledge. Where do people start looking into that? Are there some good sites online? Certainly your podcast is huge. It's a terrific resource for people. Yes, Empower Her Money podcast. I love to talk about money. I don't know. It's just something I've always been super passionate about. So people will ask me questions and they send me messages. And I do a lot of videos on my Instagram account because I do get messages through Instagram asking me different questions about different topics. Um, I wrote a book called Empower Your Money, and it was really meant for those people that are kind of scared of learning about money. So it's not super long. There's not tons of words in it. It's 101 just simple principles for you to get started and kind of peak curiosity. So it may, you know, might be relevant to you in your current world, or it might not be at that moment, maybe later. But finding information. I mean, we still have libraries. We can go to a library and check out books too. And you just go to the whole money section and pick a topic. What do you want to learn about? Find that topic, get some more information on there. And if it's not your interest at, when you're done with that, then move on to the next topic. Um, and I know it's, I'm being very general in that respect, but you know, the, some of the podcasts that I mentioned earlier also give just simple financial information for you to get started as well. Knowledge is power. And when we feel that we know something, we're going to be we won't be as scared to try because like you were saying, it's baby steps at first and you start to grow. And I would think that there's a reward there when you start to successfully invest. You're building your future. You're going to feel more empowered. All of it, it's just a great logarithm and scenario. I Very think it true. really is doing your homework. I yep. mean, how many cases have we heard about on the news 
about people that trust their uh, financial advisors and then get defrauded for everything they own. Yep. Yeah. Right. I mean, especially these uh, older people who, you know, they get uh, manipulated into believing that it's a good investment. They give them all their life savings and poof, the guy pockets it and leaves and disappears. You know, so what you're offering, uh, Angela, is absolutely priceless information. Um, and like you said earlier, it's about uh, adding tools to your tool toolbox. Mm-hmm. Super important. Angela, where do people find you, your podcast, certainly your book, because I think this is a, a great place to start. And, and it sounds like we can do this at any age. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I encouraged my daughter, you know, my daughter's 20 now teaching her about investing when she was very young. I would put CDs on in the car and she would say, you know, mom, can we just listen to music? I'm like, nope, I'm putting Tony Robbins on. And and until you own your own car, I control what goes on in the car, which kind of backfires now because if she drives me, we listen to her music. I don't like it. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) But, you know, I love that you say at any age as parents, you know, we need to be encouraging our kids to learn at any age. But yes, Empower Her Money is my podcast. It's on all platforms. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, Empower Her Money. Keep it very simple. Lots and lots of information. I just keep putting it all out there and hopefully, you know, impacting other lives, empowering other people just to take control of their money and stop letting their dollars tell them what to do. Instead, control your future. I love that. Don't let your money tell you what to do. Tell the money what to do. Self-empowerment. This is so, so very important. And that's what you're allowing people to do. You're giving them the ability to empower their future. I love this. I would love to have you back, Angela. We could talk forever on this. But if you wouldn't mind, maybe we could invite you back and we could talk about various financial topics. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show, Angela. You're a woman with a mission. And I love your mission. This has been great. I wanted to let everybody know that Angela is offering a free money tips book. All you have to do is go to freemoneytipsbook.com. Some valuable tips there. So definitely check it out. Again, it's freemoneytipsbook.com. And don't forget to check out Angela's podcast at empowerhermoney.com. We hope you've enjoyed this latest episode. And if you want to hear more episodes of Women Road Warriors or learn more about our show, be sure to check out womenroadwarriors.com. And please follow us on social media. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Women Road Warriors is on all the major podcast channels like Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Audible, YouTube, and others. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at sjohnson at womenroadwarriors.com. Mm-hmm.